Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the final hour of power here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 9-10 tonight. Before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler, they'll get you warmed up. For Nats and Mariners, the fellas continuing their West Coast road trip. 941st pitch, as usual. I can hear all the action right here on the fan. Want to give a big thank you to Law Murray, uh, who was our guest in the last segment. If you missed any of my conversation with Law, uh, make sure you download the always free Odyssey app and go back to the bottom of the 740 segment for my conversation with Law Murray. Want to keep things on the hardwood here. A couple of different items I want to get to. Here in this segment, I want to touch on the Washington Wizards and in a different way than we have here the past couple episodes here on Overtime. We are obviously, as D.C. sports fans, we are all elated uh, at the idea of Washington tearing the roster down, creating the financial flexibility, getting off a Beal, getting off of Porzingis. We're all happy about that. But this notion that the team is going to win... 20 to 25 games next year. And like, that's the goal. I I just don't think that's, I just don't think that's a good team building strategy. Speaking of good team building, the Golden State Warriors really since what, 2013 have been the gold standard franchise in the NBA, along with the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, I guess you can say. But what Golden State's been able to do 2013 on building drafting and developing the dynasty that they've created. It's beautiful. Bob Myers deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to construct there with the Warriors. Now, I said it then, and I'll reiterate my feelings here now. When Draymond Green sucker punched Jordan Poole in the mouth this summer, that was the beginning of the end of the Golden State Warriors dynasty. Straight up, call it what it is. That was the beginning of the end. Two pieces, talking about Draymond and Jordan Poole, that are extremely vital to the success of that group moving forward. For a couple of different reasons that I'll lay out here. But I got Cameron, well-respected rapper, one of the GOATs. He's got a podcast called It Is What It Is, and he gave his two cents from a couple of sources that he has as to why Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the first place. You are not going to want to miss this. Take a listen. And from all the things that I was hearing him say, not guaranteed, but they were saying his reasons Draymond punched him in his face. They said the first day he told Draymond Green 
You know, Michigan and Michigan State have beef. Draymond State, Draymond Green's from Michigan State. He's from mm-hmm. Michigan. He told That's already Draymond, a lifetime rivalry, right? Right. There. He told Draymond, "I f- more bitches in Michigan State than you than you went mm-hmm. there." And then they was running sprints or something. He told Draymond, "Don't worry about it. You'll be in Sacramento next year." Then he crazy. told Draymond. <laughs> That's crazy. Then he, yeah, then he told Draymond, why is your Twitter handle Money Green when you broke and you're not going to get a new contract? And that's the one that broke the camel's back when yeah. you end up punching him in the face. So a lot of stuff so that, that we don't see. So that was a cover-up then. That, that's what they're saying, and Draymond mm-hmm. couldn't talk about it. Ooh, you know I love good, messy NBA drama. Does that not sound 110% realistic? As to why Draymond lost his cool and almost killed Jordan Poole. Let's call it what it is. We're calling it a sucker punch. That was attempted murder, ladies and gentlemen. Draymond is a 6'6", 225-pound man. Jordan Poole, 6'3", a buck 90. I mean, come on. It's attempted murder in my book. But to hear that Jordan Poole was popping his cash money, you know what, like that to Draymond, it takes big stones and big kahunas to talk like that to the big dog of your organization. And if I'm Draymond, you got to be better than that. You're the OG. You're the OG in the situation. Your young bulls joking with you. Now, I think it's all in fun. But the way Cameron's describing it and the way others have described it, Draymond and Jordan, for whatever reason, never hit it off. I don't know if it's jealousy on the end of Draymond. I don't know if it's Jordan just being a disrespectful young Superstar that he is, I don't know what it is. But the two clearly didn't get along. The one thing that took me out to Cameron said, why is your name Money Green and you're broke? And it is very timely because the Golden State Warriors declined Draymond Green's player option. And I don't know if y'all have seen some of the projected contracts, numbers that have been floated out there for Draymond Green. If Draymond Green is going to sniff $100 million in free agency, I, I I don't know. I don't know. He averaged, what, 7.3 points per game last year? I understand the intangibles that Draymond brings to the table. But if I'm Golden State, I got to really be looking myself in the mirror right now and asking, did I make the right decision? Because like I said, when Draymond attempted to knock out Jordan Poole, that was the beginning of the end of the Golden State Warriors dynasty. There's trouble in paradise, as I like to call it. Whenever some situation in some team like Golden State is dealing with Las Vegas Raider type of problems, Sacramento Kings type of problems. When the rich are dealing with lower class problems, this is what happens. But as I look to what's next for Golden State, I, it's it's difficult for me to see a scenario in which they pay Draymond Green the money he's seeking. It's difficult for me to assume anybody out there in the landscape and in the marketplace is willing to pay Draymond Green $25 million annually. How can you pay $25 million per season to a guy that can't shoot over 30% from three, that in the postseason, in that Lakers series at times, looks like he didn't even want to shoot the damn basketball? They made the wrong decision. Draymond's job in Golden State, being the enforcer, being the leader, being the tough ass of the group, those days are over. When your skill level 
no longer reflects all the big-time barking that you're doing, it falls upon deaf ears, your message does. And if I'm Jordan Poole, no way Draymond going to come up to me and try to tell me what to do or what not to do. I'm Jordan bleeping Poole. Draymond Green ain't ever dropped 30. I guess he has dropped 30. But you know what I'm saying. He ain't got the skills that Jordan Poole possesses. And I wonder if that played a factor into the proverbial jealousy that existed between Draymond and Jordan Poole. Because I want to know. This is one of the first-class organizations in all of pro sports. Eminem, I think we were having this conversation before. How much money do you think the staffer for the Golden State Warriors received selling that video to TMZ? He probably got enough to pay off his kids' kids' tuition. I mean, think about it. There was already cracks in the armor to me when the video got leaked out. This is the Golden State Warriors. Stuff like that doesn't happen. Let me put it in football terms for you. Let me put it in basketball terms for you. LeBron James. I'm sure LeBron James and Anthony Davis or other superstars that play with King James, I'm pretty sure they didn't see eye to eye all the time. You would never, ever hear of practice footage of a fight being leaked by the L.A. Lakers. Never. Never. That type of stuff doesn't happen. So I was stunned when the video initially came out. That was really what I was more shocked at. Because, look, I play college sports. I play high school sports. Fights happen in the locker room. I get that. But to have it on camera, to me, that was the number one telltale sign that there are cracks in the armor of the Golden State Warriors, that that dynasty isn't as high and mighty as we all may perceive it to be from the outside. And look at them now. The architect of that dynasty, Bob Myers, he no longer is there. Jordan Poole who really was supposed to be the future of this dynasty. He no longer is there. Steph Curry, the ageless wonder. I don't see him slowing down anytime soon, but if you watch the playoffs, Klay Thompson, not the same Klay Thompson that he was when this dynasty originated. So if I'm Golden State and I'm looking at who are the most important members of my team, I would have made mountains move before I shipped Jordan Poole away in an effort to keep Draymond Green. It's very, very simple to me if I'm upper management of the Golden State Warriors. Whose future is brighter? Draymond Green, aging veteran, or Jordan Poole, young rising star? It's very simple. The decision that was made by Golden State, and it was the wrong one. Any way you slice it to me, This was the wrong decision. And the one thing I want to make a routine is calling out the GOATs in sports or the high-class organizations in sports when they screw up, just like the Patriots. Bill Belichick, it's very similar to what they got going on. Everyone looks at the Patriots as some flawless five-star franchise. They've got cracks in their armor as well. We looked at the Warriors. If healthy... They were flawless, right? But that Draymond Green and Jordan Poole situation shows you, hey, look, even the best go through their issues. The one thing that I was shocked by with that Golden State situation, they have as many vets as they do on that roster. The fact that they weren't able to smooth that situation out, it worries me. Because if you all saw the postseason, Jordan Poole 
looked completely disinterested in playing basketball at times. Not because the Monstars came and zapped him of his skills. When you are in a toxic environment and situation, whether it's at work, whether it's with your significant other, whether it's in sports, you can't be your best self. So I understand it. So for all the folks that are writing off Jordan Poole and acting like his time here in Washington is going to be about him jacking up shots, no, ladies and gentlemen. Do you not get it? In life, sometimes you need tragedy to get that proverbial light switch to flip in your brain and say, hey, look, I got to be a better version of myself. And hopefully with Jordan Poole, that ends up being the case. We'll keep things on the hardwood when we come back. I want to discuss the Washington Wizards and what their plans are moving forward. Are they in a rebuild right now? Or are they retooling? Because the idea of this group coming out the next couple of years and trying to be the worst team in basketball, if you know anything about team building, it's probably not the best way to do it. We'll take a look at the new look Wizards next. This is the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's over time here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 9-10 tonight before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you warmed up for Nats and Mariners. The fellas continuing their West Coast road trip. It is a 941st pitch per usual. You can catch all of the action right here on the fan. I want to keep things on the hardwood right now. We were had some real good discussion in the last segment about Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, and the future of the Golden State Warriors. But if we talk about the Warriors and we talk about Draymond, we got to bring up Jordan Poole. And if we bring up Jordan Poole, we got to bring up the overall direction of the Washington Wizards. I've seen Wizards Twitter here over the past couple of days since the draft, really, and since the Beal deal was finalized. A lot of different ideas being thrown out there. A lot of different thoughts being thrown into the atmosphere. The one thing 
that I continue to take away when scrolling through Wizards Twitter and trying to take the pulse of this fan base, for some reason, Wizards fans, why do you think this group, why do you think the goal of this group is to be a 20 to 25 win team each year for the next three years? Do you think that's really what Washington's shooting for? Heard the sports junkies talking about this this morning. It's very interesting conversation because it gets into your ideologies and what you believe in terms of team building. What is the best way to team build? And a lot of us here locally, and we had this conversation toward the end of the regular season for the Wizards. I don't even think I need to really get crazy about this because it drives me insane. Let's call it what it is, right? I'm going to say this. You can agree with it. You cannot agree with it. Tanking, which you all want this team to do, tanking does not guarantee you success. Tanking does not guarantee you prosperity. Tanking does not guarantee you the ability to find a franchise-altering talent. Just not the way sports works, ladies and gentlemen. Just not how it works. So this notion that Washington should be trying to field an uncompetitive team next year, that's garbage. That's loser mentality. What winning organization maneuvers that way? Look at the two teams that just played in the finals. The Denver Nuggets. In the Miami Heat. You ever see those two teams tank? No. Look at the Golden State Warriors. Did the Warriors have to tank? No. Did Boston have to tank? No. See, when you have elite talent evaluators in your front office like the Wizards now have, you don't need a top five pick or a top three pick to find talent. See, it's easy to go out and picking the top three. That's easy. But the real legwork, the real magicians of the war room, as I like to call them, they make their money in picks 11 through 19. 20 to 30. When it's not a foregone conclusion and a consensus as to who you should take. That, that is what makes a good talent evaluator. And if you look at the track record of Michael Winger, and Will Dawkins and Travis Schlenk. I want to look at Mike Winger specifically. You think Michael Winger is interested in a rebuild? Look at the dude's track record. When he was with the Clippers, he signed their similar situation here to Washington. Fresh off of Blake Griffin signing a Supermax extension. You know what the first move was when he got to L.A.? Was to get Blake Griffin the hell out of there and get off of that contract and create financial flexibility, while also gaining assets. That's what's going on right now. This isn't a rebuild. I am so sick and tired of that phrase being used to describe what's happening here in D.C. I just am. I kind of think we're doing the players and the coaching staff a disservice. You know how disrespectful it is? If I'm Tyus Jones and I'm riding around the city for the first time and I pop on one of these stations and all I hear is everyone thinks we're going to win 19 games, I'd say to hell with D.C. That's not the mentality that winning organizations have. It's just not. I'll continue to reiterate this. If you're trying to copy what the hell the Sixers are doing in Philadelphia, don't. 
It's absolutely ridiculous. It is, to me, the stupidest thing we've ever seen in pro sports. How's the process going for the 76ers? Huh? How's the process going for the 76ers? You know why the process has taken so damn long for Philadelphia? Because with all of the lottery picks that they've had, only one of them has panned out. Only one. That being Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons didn't pan out. Nerlens Noel didn't pan out. Markel Fultz didn't pan out. When you have lottery picks, there's no guarantee that they're going to come in right away and be franchise-altering talents. It's on the scouts and the talent evaluators to go out and do their homework and find that guy. That's why I have no problem with Washington going against the grain and taking a Bilal Koulibaly. Maybe they know more than the rest of the NBA does. And when I look at the track record of this big three, Mike Winger, Will Dawkins, Travis Schlenk, you go look up some of the dudes that they've drafted. Travis Schlenk in particular. Resume, you can stack it against anybody's in the association. The Atlanta Hawks that were a game away from the Eastern Conference Finals two seasons ago, he or c- constructed that roster. He's the one that hit on Trey Young. He's the one that hit on Kevin Herter. He's the one that hit on DeAndre Hunter. These weren't top five picks, ladies and gentlemen. It takes work. You got to scout. You got to draft. And you got to develop. That's how you turn yourself into a contender. I feel like a lot of us out there as Wizards fans feels like all we're supposed to do is purposefully put a crappy product on the floor and then hope the ping pong balls bounce our way. That's loser mentality, man. It's loser mentality. Mike Winger has never gone through a tank job, for real. If you look at his track record, Will Dawkins comes from OKC where they weren't intentionally losing, but they're getting ready to see the the light of the day, or the other side of the tunnel, so to speak, in Oklahoma City. Because they're hitting on their lottery picks. That's what happens when you retool and rebuild. If you don't hit on your guys, it takes you a lot longer to get back to where you want to be. See, if you pay very close attention to what the new brass here in D.C. said, and I was crushing them for it because I didn't understand it at the time, They were very consistent in their messaging when taking over here. All they kept saying was, how lucky are we to inherit a situation where we've got Bradley Beal already under contract, where where we've got Chris Stapps Porzingis on our roster. What a great situation to come into when talking about a retool or a rebuild. See, Washington didn't trade Bradley Beal and Chris Stapps Porzingis to suck next year. That's not why they did it. They did it because in today's NBA, with the new rules of the salary cap in the CBA, you have to to create financial flexibility and gain assets. That's what Washington did moving off of Brad Beal, moving off of Porzingis. It wasn't to suck. It wasn't just to clear the books. It was to create financial flexibility and gain assets. And Washington has done both. In the process. And when we talk about financial flexibility and assets, when's the last time the Washington Wizards have had financial flexibility and assets? The last time the Wizards had financial flexibility, you know what the hell they did with it? They signed Andrew Nicholson 
to a two-year $44 million deal. They signed Jan Mahimi to a three-year $65 million deal. Because the decision makers weren't worth a damn at the time. They just weren't. Now we get to see Mike Winger cook. Now we get to see Will Dawkins cook. Now we get to see Travis Schlank cook. For the first time in the entirety of my fandom, we have grown-ups in the front office talking about the Washington Wizards. And it feels damn good. Wizards fans who want to see this team win 25 games next year, why? Why? And the one thing that I think we don't get, barring injury, there's no shot of Washington being a 21 team next year. They're just not. I have more faith in the returning guys and the free agents they're going to pick up than a lot of you all have. To say they're going to win 20 games, come on, man. I just think it's disrespectful. Wrap it up, though, man. And I ain't giving away state secrets when I say this. Tanking and being horrible doesn't guarantee success. It's kind of the opposite. It's kind of the opposite. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, our pal Chris Miles set to join the program. Uh, he is a host for NBA TV's Game Time. He's set to join us. We'll get his thoughts on all the big-time rumors around the association. As Law Murray told us, NBA free agency getting ready to commence this weekend. Who are some of the new faces? They're going to be in new places. We'll ask Chris Miles next. This is the fam. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 9-10 tonight before we just rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you warmed up for Nats and Mariners. The fellas continuing what is their longest road trip of the season. They just played three against the Padres. Uh, they got three against the Mariners, and they'll have a series against Philadelphia before they return Back home next week. And I saw this stat. It's kind of an ugly stat. I'll be honest with you. It's an ugly stat about the Washington Nationals. As I was getting ready for the show here tonight. And I want to pull it up here so I don't butcher this. But we understand that like the Wizards are going to be this year. The Nationals, I guess it's fair to say, are in the midst of a rebuild. You traded Juan Soto last summer. You got back a haul of prospects. Speaking of that trade, I think it is absolutely nutty that the Washington Nationals are, what, four or five games behind the Padres? And look at the cost of San Diego's payroll in comparison to the cost of Washington's payroll. But I found this out. The Nationals have not swept. This is going to sound insane. The Nationals haven't swept any of their last 90 series, ladies and gentlemen. It's been 90 series for the Nationals since they've recorded a sweep. It's been 90 series since the Nationals have recorded a sweep. That is the longest streak of series without a sweep in MLB history. They supplanted the Philadelphia Athletics, uh, who went from 1914 all the way to 1917, 99 or 89, excuse me, straight series without a sweep. That is absolutely ridiculous. Talking about the Washington Nationals. Hopefully, young Mackenzie Gore, young Mackenzie Gore, young Josiah Gray, hopefully. Uh, those young pups help the Nationals accelerate this rebuild. Uh, we are joined right now on the BetQL guest hotline by our pal Chris Miles. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Chris Miles TV. What's going on, Chris? How you doing, my man? 
busy. You would think that, like, you know, the finals <laughs> ends and it calms down, but I'm like, one of these days, maybe in mid-July, yeah. I'll start to feel like it's the offseason. <laughs> oh, no, no, because then you'll be covering Summer League. You'll be calling games for that, so you never get to slow down, my brother. Yeah, I'm like, all right, July 20th is when the NBA season ends in my mind. That's when I'm going to start calling. <laughs> Which is absolutely crazy. I want to go back to last Thursday's draft, Chris. Obviously, it's always one of my favorite events of the year and on the sports calendar just because the raw emotion that you saw on draft night, seeing 60 of these young men have their lives changed forever. I want to start at the top with Victor Wembanyama. You have been uh, all over this guy you know, since he burst onto the scene last year and we knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. Do you think he lives up to the expectations in year one? I guess it would be better served for me to ask, what are your expectations uh, for Wemby in year one in San Antonio? Well, when you say live up to expectations, right, there's two ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing the crazy people that are like, better prospect than LeBron, <laughs> I just think that's impossible to live up to, right? Like, I, And right. if he does, that's incredible, and it would be great for the NBA. I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to go, um, especially the way the league is now, right. my expectations are Kevin Durant. You know, like, for real, I, I look at it as um, that's not low either, you know. But for me, that's more realistic in what I expect from him entering the league, that he is the new age Kevin Durant because he's 7'5". If he was dominating around the basket at 7'5 mm-hmm. and still as athletic, I would look at it differently. But I watch him play, and I think this guy is, you know, the taller version of Kevin Durant, but not as accurate. That's what I see when I watch him play. And this has been discussed ad nauseum. I want to get your thoughts on it, Chris. What do you think of the fit as far as franchise-wise? We've known he's been going to San Antonio for a little while now when they won the lottery earlier this month. But when you take a deeper look at their roster, we know Pop has a system. But do you think it's throw everything out of the window and let's play through Wemby and you you expect Pop to get creative and maybe rejuvenated uh, in – I don't even know what year this is for pop coaching, but you get what I'm asking. Yeah, you figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think what ends up happening, first of all, they started preparing for this two years ago, right? Wow. When yeah. they had, um, you know, Derek White, who we now see the way he performs in Boston. He was playing like that in San Antonio. They dealt him uh, to tank for Wimby. And then um, DeJounte Murray, you know, was right. an all-star in – giving you Russell Westbrook-type numbers, and if you think I'm exaggerating, go look it up. The dude almost averaged a triple-double that year, and they were like, eh, we're going to let you walk. So to me, when I look at who they drafted the past couple of years, it was in anticipation of landing Wimby, and if they didn't, you'd say you you tried your best. So like Devin Vassell um, out of Florida State is a perfect compliment. He's a long guy that defends and has developed – um, in the mold of, like, you know, these guys in the league that at 6'7", uh, they come in wiry and they figured out and very smart. Um, you know, Jeremy Sohan yeah. clearly gets along with Wimby. Like, it just seems like the guys that they've picked will fit in uh, with him. Now, some of the guys have been in the roster a little older, like Keldon Johnson, not that he's, like, long in the tooth or anything. Right. I wonder how he fits. Yeah, I um, think because, Keldon Johnson just signed a new money, didn't he? Yeah, and so he's he's the one that I'm like, let's see how this affects his game. Yeah, could be he could work out, but I'm I'm watching him to see if he becomes available because, man, I don't know, um, like exactly 
what space he's going to occupy and what position. Like, those are things that in the first couple of months I'm going to pay close attention to. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, man. A lot of young moving parts out there in San Antonio. Chris, young cats my age, 25 and below, we use the word motion to describe somebody's pull on the situation. You ever seen a number one overall pick with as much motion as Wemby? Not only is he good enough to be the number one overall pick, he gets his teammate drafted in the top 10 as well. The Wizards go with Bilal Koulibaly. Can, can you give us your thoughts on them taking Bilal and then the overall direction of this franchise since Michael Winger and company uh, have taken over? Well, I like that they are really trying to change things, right? Um, I yeah. think the difference between Koulibaly and, like, let's say someone that years ago he would be compared to, like Jan Vesely, mm-hmm. is that Koulibaly looks like a real basketball player, not right. just like this athletic freak, right? Yeah. But then, you know, people want to make the Giannis comparison. I'm like, no. No. They don't know just because they're the same height and, like, <laughs> weight. But they, they don't know. It doesn't look the same. Yeah. I remember Giannis at this point. Like, Koulibaly kind of looks like he's lanky but developed like a grown-up. Right. Giannis, if you saw him at this age, it looked as if, like, what is he made of? <laughs> made of plastic? Yeah. Like, because he was growing day by day, right. uh, you know, when he got drafted. I think by the time he came in uh, for the regular season, he had grown two inches. And you know, you see what I mean? Like, right. Giannis was literally growing up in front of our eyes. So, I don't think that that comparison is as accurate as some people are making it. But when I said when I saw Koulibaly, I thought, hmm, Pascal Siakam. Okay, that's interesting. I was thinking like Wiggins, Bridges, no. somebody like Ananobi. I'll give I'll give Koulibaly this much credit. Mm-hmm. Wiggins was the number one overall pick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I thought right. Wiggins was more explosive, but Wiggins wasn't going to his left hand like that. Yeah. His mid-range jumper didn't look that. I think Koulibaly has more um, flow and rhythm to his game than Wiggins. But I thought Wiggins had more like, I'm going to dunk on you uh, and you can't stop me to his game. When when you look at the moves as a whole, though, Chris, for like the past seven days for Washington, they they didn't lie about it. Michael Winger and company said they were going to get boots on the ground and get to work immediately. They've completely revamped and reshaped this roster. And, Chris, when you look at it, they have more financial flexibility and assets than they've had at any time I can remember being a fan. What do you think is next for this group? And do you buy into the notion that this is a try-to-win-20-games-a-year rebuild, or do you think they're going to try to retool the roster and maintain their competitive spirit while doing so? Well, there are a number of guys who – have been growing for a few years now on this roster that I think could be dangerous with a point guard like Tyus Jones. Yeah. Uh, Corey Kispert mm-hmm. is like a guy where I'm like, um, playing with a real point guard, like watch out people yeah. because this is – and if they're going to have, you know, three or four point guards and the joke's going to be like, oh, they were all leading the league in assist-to-turnover ratio, <laughs> it's kind of like when Wall was here – and Rasul Butler was yeah. hitting threes, and like um, Martel Webster, and yeah, Martel. I mean, the list is so long. Garrett yeah. Temple, yeah. I remember Garrett Temple shot like forty five percent from three <laughs> one year. Otto Porter was knocking him yeah. down. Beal was shooting a career high. What I'm saying is not that these guys are John Wall like speed and mm-hmm. you know prot, but creating open shots for others. Yeah. Uh, man, they've got a roster full of guys now that I I believe in. 
And that's dangerous when you play against other teams that aren't very good. So I think the Wizards, if they just hold on to the roster how it's currently constructed, they're going to surprise people in the sense of beating teams that aren't that don't have the superstar. Right. Right. Yes, I love the way so you like, put that. Yeah. So like the Pacers, mm-hmm. Pacers are in trouble against the Wizards, right? Because right. like, or the Magic if they don't make another move. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of teams. The past couple of years have beaten the Wizards, and I think the Wizards are going to get right in those games. And now it's a matter of, okay, so when you play the star and you're overmatched, like you're going to lose. Or how do you get the next? How do you get your star? Yeah. Because like Jordan Poole can put up numbers, that's nice, but I just don't look at him as being guy that's going to win games for you. I also want to see how Poole plays with that that point guard play as well, because maybe because yeah. it goes to say goes to say he didn't have, like. Don't get it twisted. Steph Curry isn't like setting guys up. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Jordan Poole plays with someone. It's like, hey, listen to what I'm telling you so we can run the offense better and see how that goes. Quick pull the D.C. comparison for you, Chris. Does it remind you of when Agent Zero got here back in the day? Similar situation? I get what you're trying to do there. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I want to ask you about the team that Jordan Poole is coming from, the Golden State Warriors, because I have been – ripping them apart, and, and set me straight here if I'm wrong, Chris. I just think they made the wrong decision. If the decision was Draymond or Jordan Poole, I'm looking at Jordan Poole, and I was on the record saying I think the dynasty ended when jo- when uh, Draymond attempted to kill Jordan Poole with that mugshot. But when you look at the construction of the roster moving forward, how do you usher yourself out of the Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson era? Who's next? That was supposed to be Jordan Poole. The limited impact that Draymond's having on the offensive end of the floor, Chris, in today's game, what do you think his value is going to be in the marketplace? And what did you make of the decision that Golden State ultimately made? Well, they have four championships with this group, so I'm not going to doubt them too much. I thought Clay started playing great and that Jordan Poole was holding Clay back a lot from having monster games. Yeah. So that's something I'm going to watch out for. But to answer your question, mm-hmm. uh, Moses Booty, man. Yeah, I mean that guy is is good, and there are a couple of other guys in that roster that we might be overlooking because of the fact, right, that Jordan Poole was getting so many opportunities. You take away um, opportunities from other young guys to develop and blossom and see what they can do. So, like you say that, and I go, hold on, let me really look into the rest of the roster, you know, and I go. Moses Moody, yep. What about Kaminga now, right? Like, does Kaminga come out of that shell? Uh, remember, they, they brought Gary yeah. Payton a second back, time on the floor for him, right? right. And Dante DiFrancenzo is a guy that's proven he can be a – so all of these guys get more opportunities um, that I just wonder, not having a guy jacking up shots, the ball moving, how much more dangerous and, dangerous and cohesive yeah. as a group are they? And – the guy you're forgetting, the you know the all star and the guy that yeah. put it on him and Andrew Wiggins, yeah, right. Like there are guys on that roster that you're like, I think he's more important than Draymond. And I, and I agree with what you said. I think when when you go back to when they won the title uh, back, what was that in 22 or 21 22 season, Andrew Wiggins was instrumental in that. But when I look at Draymond and the headaches that he brings, I understand he is the emotional leader of that, and you cannot underestimate that when it comes to professional sports. It's just hard for me to, and like you said, they got four championships. Who am I to really call out or question what they're doing? I just think 
on the flip side with Poole getting out of the shadows of Clay and Steph, what do you think happens to him here in D.C.? Because I look at it like this, Chris. Sometimes you know it. When you're a young cat and you have a life-changing moment like Draymond socking you in the mouth, having to change the scenery sometimes can flip that proverbial switch. Who knows how good Jordan Poole could actually be? Well, it just there are several things that's contingent on, right? And I think um, – when you look at football, people easily go, oh, that's the defensive captain. That's the offensive captain. Right. It's accepted, right? Well, the Warriors kind of had that in basketball, and it's kind of rare. Like, Draymond's the defensive captain, calling out the plays, letting everybody know what's going on, and Steph is clearly the offensive anchor, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you look at a team like the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic is both. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're like, oh, he's not a great defender. Yeah, but he's, he's, the, he's telling the guys what's happening and telling them where to be. And that's, so if you, you have to understand Draymond's value with that group in that way. And for the Jordan Poole situation is a kid that got paid, acting very immature after he got paid, kind of messing with one of the leaders on the team. Like, yeah, we won. You're not the guy anymore. You'll never get another pay, right? Like, yeah. You now you take that that childishness, that immaturity out of the equation. Um, I don't know if Draymond is as much as a, of a distraction. Right. Now for the Wizards, you're kind of bringing that mentality into your locker room. Do you have the guys that balance that out? And I think they have the front office mm-hmm. uh, that balances that out. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see, man. Rosebar's got another legend, though, man. Jordan Poole, we are ready for him. You you are ready. (laughs) Ready for him here in the district. Chris, I want to let you go on this, man. Be be quick. We're up against it. What what do you think happens with Damian Lillard? Because I personally am so tired of hearing about it. You're exhausted. I'm exhausted. I think Dame's exhausted. I think the Blazers are exhausted. And looking at the fact that they kept their young talent in the backcourt, Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to see what's happening in the next two or three. There's no way they go into next season with Scoot Henderson, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, and Shaden Sharp. Yeah. They're yeah. just not going to do that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, there's no balance to it. Somebody's going to be majorly upset. And if you look at the age of those other three guys I named and you look at what you can get for Damian Lillard, it's like, yeah, move Damian Lillard. I think the craziest uh, place that no one's talking about that just makes all the sense Mm-hmm. When you look at the contracts, Minnesota. I mean, I'm like, send Dame to Minnesota. He's got Ant-Man, right? So it's not like, oh, we're loaded with all-stars. Right. The, the, the Wolves got enough front court help. And then Carl Anthony Towns gets to go to a situation where he's like the elder statesman and can be that, like, talk that stuff mm-hmm. he wants to talk again. <laughs> and you, you, he, he's the only one in the front court. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that, like, that's not, I like that. Yeah, but I haven't seen – look, I haven't seen that as a, as a trade suitor. I haven't seen them in the sweepstakes. But when I look at, like, solving situations, that's the one. I think it's going to be Brooklyn because they have okay. assets that, that Portland would covet. And I think that's a situation where Dame could go in, be on the East Coast, and be like, oh, if I can take this team to the promised land, people will respect me. I don't think they'd get to the promised land. That's my thing with Dame, Chris. Like – the whole idea and mandate of like trying to pressure the Blazers to build a championship roster. There's literally no move they can make this offseason, Chris, that would get them in championship contention. I, I don't understand the whole situation. What's, 
What's hilarious is, again, if I'm the Blazers and I'm thinking I could do that, the way you do that is you move Dame. Yeah, exactly. You get you, that money that's going to Dame, you put into the front court with some sort of like, you know, um, whether it's Carl Anthony Towns or whether like those Cleveland guys really are on the market, right? Like, Yeah, Jared Allen and Mobley, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, so let's say, for instance, you're trying to make that happen. Like, that's who you're trying. You're trying to get guys like that. You're trying to balance that roster where either you're sending the young talent away, like the Zion Williamson trade. That does solve a lot if you're playing a video game, because Zion Williamson would play in a video game, right? But (laughs) in real life, you're like, well, if we get Zion and he's not playing, what does that do for our roster? But that's really how you got to balance the situation. you got to move Dame or some of these young guys and get a dynamic player in the front court. Chris, man, hopefully the Blazers figure it out. It's been the most annoying situation to monitor over the past year and a half, two years. No, that, Dang, no, free yourself. I, like you said, though, Chris. No, 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 no. Speaking. The most annoying was, was uh-huh. Bradley Beal. Was Bradley Beal not getting traded. That was the most annoying, my friend. You see what happened to the Wizards on that. So the Blazers are trying to avoid that situation. Hopefully, man. Best of luck to the Blazers. Best of luck to you, man. We'll be tapped in with you on NBA TV uh, as, as scheduled, my man. Appreciate you giving us some time. All right, thanks. That is Chris Miles, ladies and gentlemen. Always good catching up on the association with him. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Chris Miles TV. And if you got your NBA TV on this summer, man, you can catch Chris everywhere, man. I'm sure he's going to be doing a lot of play-by-play in the Vegas Summer League. Uh, you may see him at the Nike Hoop Summit uh, this summer as well, man. Always good catching up with Chris Miles. We'll put a bow on the show when we get back. One final segment. We'll keep things on the hardwood. It's getting messy, y'all. I think it's a perfect time with free agency starting this weekend to play a little bit of NBA fact or fiction. That's next here on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 